What's going on, golf addicts? It is Masters Week. Bill, 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 Bill. Tour junkies here. DB with you, Pat Perry. It's our favorite week of the year. It's the best week of the year. And it's right here in our own backyard in Augusta, Georgia. For the 2021 Masters, we are pumped. Hope you are too. This is the DraftKings breakdown, DraftKings preview. The betting show is separate. You want to hear the, all the bets and you want to hear that broken down. Hit, uh, you know, hit the betting show. Check that out. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. We are pumped about it, and we're presented by our friends at FantasyNational.com. It is the go-to, the non-stop, the one-stop shop place for all your betting, golf stats, you know, golf, whatever, whatever you need. If it's DraftKings and you need ownership projections, you need lineup builders, optimizers, you need any stat on golf that you can think of, it's at Fantasy National. We've been using them for about four years now. And they're trusted partners of the Tour Junkies, and they are a certified partner of the, of the PJ Tour and ShotLink data. It's all good, clean data, okay? That's what you need. And if you want to get 20% off any level membership at Fantasy National, head to fantasynational.com slash TJ, and you automatically get 20% off. Let them know the Tour Junkies sent you. You can sign up weekly, try it out. If you like it, you can bump it up to a month or an annual membership, and you still get to keep the 20% off. It's a great thing. FantasyNational.com slash TJ. It's our only source. And all the stats that we reference tonight will be courtesy of FantasyNational.com. Pat, how you doing, buddy? I know you just got back from Universal Studios with the fam. And um, yeah, yeah, you're looking good, hmm. buddy. I'm excited about the show. It's Masters Week. <laughs> it feels a little weird because we're not, you know, gearing up for a big week here in Augusta, but it's still Masters Week. Well, you know, from what I hear from people, uh, on, on some from boots on the ground, not not on the course, but around the city, that it's it is hustling and bustling. It's back. It's getting close to uh, 2019. You know, back to uh, back to normal a little bit around there. People everywhere, restaurants filled up, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm definitely having a little bit of uh, FOMO, some fear yeah. of missing out. Uh, not around this week uh, for the Masters because we can't get on the grounds. And you know what? Yeah. I want to be out there if I'm going to get to go to the tournament. But I think it's going to be a great year, a great tournament. And um, yeah, so very excited. We will talk about and that I'm not later. refreshed, by the way. I'm not refreshed after a vacation. Oh, God, no. no. You, do, you do not go to Universal Studios or Disney or anything like that and feel refreshed afterwards. Not as a you, father. You feel awful. Not as a father. You, you want to drink more. Like, this whole week, I'm going to drink. I will say we have a, we already have a YouTube comment from Spazbite that says Pat's skin is on fire right now. I guess, they, I guess he's digging your tan, buddy. Um, yeah, we're going to get into it because I did get a chance to get on the grounds of Augusta National just yesterday. In fact, I ran into one Patrick Perry senior on the grounds i got to see your dad at augusta national it was oh fun. wow you didn't tell me that uh, yeah it took he, him a he, minute. That he, he didn't mention it either yeah. so you must not have made a big impression you know what on he when you still may there. not know it was me because i had my mask on i could tell he he at first I, I don't think he really knew but then i felt like he figured it out eventually i think he knows my voice i mean but i don't know maybe not maybe he still yeah. did not remember um but yeah, I was i was leaving the beer you know the beer concession and he was going in by the way podcast juice tonight is some Wild Leap Vodka, and look at this new cup they're selling this year at the National. So if you buy the, uh, it's a new Crow's Nest Wheat Ale that is a a special Augusta National brew. So I had a few of those and got me a little green cup snake. It was fantastic at the Augusta National Women's Am. What's your podcast, Juice? Now you're drinking a little beer, I see. Yeah, a little Wild Leap also. Uh, This is the Alpha Extraction. Love it. Uh, it's a double IPA. I've I've drank it several times on the show, but uh, it's got eight uh, percent alcohol oh, yeah. slash God. volume. 
which is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Fantastic. Shout out to a couple of winners in the Nut Hut Listener League. If you're not a member of the Nut Hut, don't know what you're doing, but we have our, our Listener League where every week, if you win, you get a chance, a spot in the finals this summer. And whoever wins the finals is going to get a chance to come play golf with me and you either in Augusta, Georgia or in Savannah. And, uh, you know, expenses paid. Come, come down, play golf with us. It's a great thing. And you got to be a member of the Nut Hut to do it. So head over to tourjunkies.com. Check out Golby's Nut Hut. It's the Discord member chat. $10 a month, $90 a year. Super easy to do. We've got a weekly caddy inside info from there. We've got Rat House, John, John Rat House, Caddy John in there mixing it up. There's a lot of people winning a lot of money in there, and it's a lot of fun. Lasting friendships and relationships made. I feel like, I feel like at some point, Pat, somebody is going to be a groomsman in somebody's wedding because of a relationship that started on the nut hut, you know, in the nut hut. I think that's yeah. going to happen at some point. Um, but we had a first this week in the listener league. And that is we had two, we had, uh, we had a tie at pirate 82 and at Ethan Sawyer 14, both tied for the Valero Texas open week. You're both going to get a spot in the final. So there you go. Congrats to you. And, uh, Jordan Spieth won the Valero. How about it? Who knew? Um, Another, another, we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure, in a second. Another, yeah. uh, an, another winner. You know, we talked about giving away our golf clubs, Pat. We, we did this a, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, I guess, for iTunes reviews. And I want to show the, the folks the iTunes review that I have selected to win. Now, I got I, something to say here. Now, I did select it because it, originally it was my idea to give away my clubs. So it was my thing. I was giving away my clubs. And then, of course, Pat doesn't, you know, didn't do anything this week. He was a universal. So, yeah, when it came down to select the winning review, I selected the one that I thought was best. And Producer Sam, I think you should bring that up now. But I will say, this person has not turned himself in yet. I put it on Twitter, and uh, I don't know. But it's Morris81107 left this iTunes review on February 2nd. Faces made for a podcast. Now, I think we both agree with that. Two of the most entertaining guys in the thrilling sport of DFS golf. They both have a great sense of humor. David is your cool uncle you would go see a ball game with, while Pat is your drunk uncle if you, uh, that you don't want to be left alone with. I look forward to every Tuesday night for the new pod drop to get their expertise. Well, David's, I'll be a listener for life. I think this is a brilliant uh, review by Morris81107, and he needs to uh, mm. notify us quickly so that we can ship you some brand new, well, not brand new, but new to you golf clubs. Yeah, good good job, Morris. Um, you won't be getting my driver, which was going to be part of the deal. But now, oh, come you know on, what? I may have to. I may <laughs> not. On. I may have to back out of that you after that review. That. You can't do. I that. don't know. Maybe maybe you have to redeem yourself if you show yourself. I don't know. We haven't seen it yet, so we'll we'll see. We are. Uh, this is going to be a jam packed show. We are going to be giving away some Masters merch, t shirts, flags. We're going to be giving that away throughout this show and on the betting show. There's a bunch of different ways to win. Uh, you know, so be on the lookout if you're watching live on youtube right now we appreciate it go ahead and hit the thumbs up subscribe to the channel as well oh man pat so much to go over oh i know what uh i know what happened to last week um we made a bet we made a we made a prop bet oh yes we did we made yes, a prop bet i'm a little nervous about this honestly i'll be honest um uh, i'm gonna i wish i was a few i wish i was a, a few more wild leaps deep for this we made a prop bet, and I've won like three or four in a row, and I lost mm-hmm. last week. I, we, I, I yeah. had Ricky Fowler. You had Cam Davis. Whoever finished, um, whoever's player finished the best, you were going to be penalized because these were guys that we were avoiding. And so I lost that prop bet as Ricky Fowler. I actually had a great week. His first, 
great week in a long time. You know, him and him and Jordan Spieth both resurrected. Um, and Cam Davis uh did you know didn't do that great. So, um we went back and forth over what the penalty was gonna be. Yeah. It and was it, a struggle. I mean, I even got I even cussed at D B at one point yeah, because I was in the middle of a of a of a long line in Universal and he was just badgering and pestering me about this bet and saying I don't live up to bets, which we all know is not true. Well um let me just tell you this. What's about to happen right now? At some point, when you lose a bet, this is happening to you. I want you to know that. Okay. All right. So I'm going to man up here, and I'm going to invite Miss Domination, my wife, over here, and she is going to slap me in the face to get this, to get this bet started. She just found out as it came out of my mouth. So I'm going to get slapped by, by Miss Domination. The old wife slap. So come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you, are, you have to. You don't have to do it super yeah, hard. Yeah, you have to. You don't have to do it super hard. Okay, I got to get... Yeah, you babe, can do it as hard as live. you want to do it. Yeah, they're watching live. You have to. Come on. Come on, right here in the camera. Look in the camera. Come on. No, I don't want to do this. Come on. Take your ring off, please. Take that ring off. Come on, you can't delay it. The show's waiting. This is the master show. Come on. Got to go. Come on. Patsy, you got to go. Here, wave to the camera. Down, wave. Show your face. Hi. I don't want to do this. Here we go. Come on. I've never shot. Come on. <laughs> say, Come on. say, don't ever oh, yeah. lose a bet again and slap him. Go. <laughs> because if I Come do it too hard, Come on. I'm going to never hear the end of it. If I do it too soft, it's not going to be good Come enough. on. You got to go. You got to go. We got guests coming. Medium up. level. Oh, yes. <laughs> Woo. There we go. It's Masters <laughs> Week, baby. Thanks, boo. <laughs> It's Masters Week. That's some oh, good content. Yes. There. Oh yeah, you see that? No, no, wait a minute. Oh, here it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's a little red there. Oh yeah. But see how she just kind of like, I don't know if I can. I don't know. You know. And then she just did it. It just like came. Yeah. Out. <sighs> All right. I feel good. I feel good. I think I'm ready to go. So there you go. I pay my bets. You know yeah. what I mean? Thanks a lot, uh, Ricky Fowler. You punk. Somebody said, hmm. call Lucas Glover's wife. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, she'd be probably good at that. Um, mm. Mm. Hey. Okay, well, good stuff. I thought I was going to be getting slapped in the face early in the week, but that did not happen. Oh, and man. Ricky came through for me. Cam Davis, he was a good fade. You know, with all the Jordan Speed talk, and then there's Ricky. You know, like, nobody's paying attention, but dang, he had himself a week. Good to see, but he's not in the Masters for the first time in forever. All right, let's get yeah. to this. We're going to have, a, hopefully, a pretty special guest here coming on soon. I want to get to the golf course. Let's talk about Augusta National Golf Club. We're going to talk about, you know, everybody knows the course. So we're not going to go super deep into it, but key stats and some of the theory, the game theory that uh, it takes to, to maybe win some big bucks on DraftKings this week. So, Pat, I'll let you start. I know you probably want to talk about some game, game theory, too. Game theory. We're going to get into some game theory. Okay. Um, all right, so Augusta National Golf Club this week. We all know the course, okay? I'm not going to get into too many details, but it is playing as a par 72, just under 7,500 yards. Now, that does change a good bit because they've got multiple tee boxes and locations that they tend to like to use and change them around quite often. You got 88 players in the field this week. It feels more like 70 to 75, though. When you think about the old guys, the return, you know, the past champs, uh, the amateurs, whatever else. So you kind of have to look at that. Don't just think about the 88 players. There are definitely some guys that you can totally throw out uh, that just don't have a chance to compete here. But the 
top low 50 scores and ties will make the cut this week. So you got to remember that. And I think a majority of people are going to get six, six of six lineups and not, not a majority, but a good amount are going to get six of six. So that's not going to be the biggest key this week. Okay? And remember, remember no, yes, you, uh, no, no 10 shot rule anymore. People are asking yeah, no that in the nut hut rule anymore. So a lot of folks are going to have, it's going to be a high percentage getting six of six through. So you're going to have to do more than just that, okay? Now, you might not necessarily have to have the winner, but you've got to have a lot of guys up there in the top 10, so that's important to look at. As far as the course is concerned, we know this is a second-shot golf course. I mean, it is all about approach. You can hit it. You can spray it off the tee. Being long is certainly positive out here. We know that for sure. I do think it's going to play pretty firm and fast out here, um, but the greens and hitting these, these greens is very important. There's a ton of undulation around these greens. You have got to know them well. And that's where I think experience comes into play, okay? I mean, this is, look, we talk about first-timers not winning here. And there's a reason, okay? It is a hard course to learn. There's a lot of things, you, of just little nuances around these greens, whether it comes with scrambling. You know, and when you miss them, you've got to be creative. Um, and then when you're putting on these greens, you've got to be below the hole and you've got to know where to do that. So if you're hitting approach shots, you've got to know where you've got to be into these greens and into these multiple pin locations that are quite diabolical um, most of the time with these. Um, now, I do think uh, a right-to-left ball flight certainly is positive uh, out here when you look at most of the holes uh, on this course, and especially the par fives where you can score out here on every single one. Um, so. Again, we all know the course. I think that if you're in the nut hut later on this week, uh, you may, uh, you know, maybe if we hear some certain things as far as how it's playing um, this year, it's going to play a so much different than November. I would not even think about November. I just, it, it's just a totally different golf course now than it is in November. So don't even worry about that. But there are not, I mean, you can hear different course breakdowns and whatever else, but I can guarantee you. There are not two guys in this business who have not who have walked this golf course more than DB and I. I mean, we have walked the shit out of this golf course, okay, all over the damn place. All right. So you don't need to go anywhere else if you want any course information because it is right here. As far as the stats I'm looking at, course history, we know it always shows up well, more so than any at Augusta National. Definitely looking at form, but I do think there's some interesting facts about form that we'll get into a little bit. Our boy Ben wrote a great article on the site that you need to check out when it comes to form, especially leading up into this event. Uh, but I definitely looking at strokes gained approach, your ball strikers, good scramblers, a little bit of putting on bent. I just want to see which guys that, you know traditionally putt well on bent. It's not a common surface on tour. I mean, it's not like one of the most common, so it's something that I want to look at. Um, looking at our past champs, we got DJ last year in the fall of 2020, Tiger in 2019, Patrick Reed in 2018, Sergio Garcia in 2017, Danny Willett, 2016, DB had him at, I don't know, what was the number? 150 50 to one? one? 150. Me and Feinberg okay, and Mayer. Sorry, one, I took, I took a, a, a one away from you mm -hmm. there. And then Jordan Spieth, your most recent winner on tour in 2015. A couple notes. Everybody's been talking about John Rahm and his little baby. Well, that baby was born today. So it's looking like John Rahm is going to be good to go to uh, arrive at Augusta National and play this week. Um, I think the weather is something we're going to want to look at later in the week. It's, we are expected to get some rain 
really not early in the week, but then uh, it's looking like on Thursday and Friday, definitely going to get some rain with some winds picking up on Friday. So we'll, we'll want to check that out in the Nut Hut. So, DB, that's the course breakdown. Love it, Pat. I, just some things to add in terms of like strategy and stuff. Um, I, I definitely think you're exactly right on the on the November play. I was on uh, Pat Mayo's show with him and Ben Raza talking about this, and and I think there's probably an edge to be had by not weighing in November results or not letting it truly dictate, you know, or or, or force a decision on somebody. Because I think if somebody weighs that too heavily, that's probably not a good thing. I also think Augusta National saw DJ run it up at 20 under and said that 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 shit ain't gonna happen in in April. You know, I think yeah. this golf course is gonna be playing much harder, much much more difficult, much faster, firmer. We've already heard people talk about it. So I was out there yesterday walking around. Uh, I walked holes eight through 18, and um, the fairways were the fairways were okay. Like they weren't super firm and fast to me. Obviously, ladies are hitting them like 240, 250 out is, is kind of where the average balls were landing in terms of carry, maybe 230, 240. Um, there's a little roll to them, but nothing crazy. But this is the thing you have to remember. Augusta National is one of the few golf courses probably in the world. I don't know. They may be one of two, actually, that have sub-air not just under the greens. There are plenty of golf courses that have sub-air systems under their greens to suck the moisture out of the greens and be able to control how fast or how, how slow or how receptive they're rolling. But Augusta has it under all the fairways. And we did confirm this with uh, a couple of friends of ours that are ground, uh, groundskeepers there currently. Uh, all of them are working and up and running. So really and truly, you know, it could look one thing today, but if they decide to suck all the moisture out of there on Tuesday night or, or Monday or Thursday or whatever, like they can, and they can speed it up. And I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they want to see 20 under win this tournament. I don't think they want to see anything better than 10 under, 9 under win this golf tournament. So it's going to be tougher, and it's going to look a lot different than, than, what it, than what it played in November. Obviously, the grass is performing a little different this year as well. So something to think about. Obviously, Pat talked about the high 6 of 6 percentage, and that is 100% true with Ben's article. So actually right now, as of recording this, we got two things up on tourjunkies.com right now are free. There's 25 key stats, not 10. We do, we've been doing 25. Ben's been doing 25 for the majors. 25 key stats that you need to look at and you need to study before you start, before you really get, you know, nailing down your player pool. But then he also wrote this other article about the incoming form that you talked about. But I, I took something away there that he said I really liked. Right now, the sports books are only giving about 40 players in the field, a half a percent chance or higher of winning this golf tournament. Only 40 at a half a percent or higher chance at winning this golf tournament. So really, that 88-man field gets shrunk down considerably when you think about who in here actually has a somewhat decent chance of winning the golf tournament. Um, so yes, you're, you're going to have high 6 of 6 percentages. There's going to be 6 of 6 lineups that don't, don't make any money. You know, you're, it's not going to happen. Um, another thing that he did was he, he looked at some of the, um, the ownership and the chalk over the, since 2017, kind of the last four Masters. And other than 2020, if you faded the top three to five highest owned players in the field, if you faded those guys other than last year in the top 20 or in 2020, you, you probably did just fine. You, you didn't miss out on the winner. Um, you know, you, it didn't cost you a GPP, in other words. So, DJ was the exception there in 2020. 
pretty chalk, and obviously he ran away with it. And if you didn't have DJ, you were probably screwed. So what we've seen in 2019, 2018, 2017 with Tiger, with Reed, with Sergio is you can fade some of the highest-owned players at Augusta. There is some volatility here, that's for sure. Um, it, he also goes into like incoming form and that kind of stuff, which is really, really helpful to look at. Uh, also, half the teams in the Millie Maker, if you're playing the Millie Maker, used 100% of their salary. So with such a limited field and such a limited number of players that can actually contend, just think about the number of duplicated lineups you're going to run into with using 100% of your, of your salary cap. So it's a good idea to leave some money on the table. I think that's for sure. We talk about that every year. Um, and another thing to think through is just total ownership. So he also did kind of an ownership study in terms of total number um, you know, for those winning millimaker lineups. And if you could keep it somewhere in that 75 to 100% total when you add up the projected ownerships of all six of your players, I think you're, you're in better shape there. When you start creeping over that 100% number, you're starting to get, you know, maybe a little chalky, not having enough leverage there on the field. You got to be right on. So uh, I think that's 75 to 100%. Those are some good takeaways from that article, but you need to head over to tourjunkies.com. Read it for yourself. It's a really good, uh, really good couple articles there. All the content on tourjunkies.com is free for you to read. Obviously, we'll have the betting cards out. Um, I'll have the monkey knife fight prop of the week, which now we're on a runner. Two weeks in a row, we've hit the monkey knife fight prop. We'll have AC's DraftKings preview. We'll have uh, the pivot point coming back, a couple popular names and a couple names you should pivot to on Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday morning. Everything's going to come out a little early this week, hopefully a day or two early. Um, So yeah, it's going to be good stuff. I need to tell anybody who's out there that maybe needs some high-quality video production. Maybe you have a business of your own, a major project that you're a part of or something like that, and our friends at Tranner Gray have filmed a bunch of content for us and lately we even use them on something real special that we're working on you guys are going to find out about these guys know what they're doing they do it all over the world they will come to you they travel all over the place shooting video for a ton of different companies they work with medical practices nonprofits, fortune 500 companies all that stuff making promotional videos to help represent your brand we've personally seen their work with a big athletic apparel company no bull uh, and they also did a recap video for mr bill murray at the world golf hall of fame for his massive caddyshack event If your company does any type of video production, I guarantee you these guys deliver an exceptional product for you. Check out their site at trantergray.com. That's T-R-A-N-T-E-R-G-R-E-Y.com and see how they can help you out. Good folks over there. They'll go anywhere. They'll come to you. They're very professional. Uh, Good stuff. We appreciate Tranter Gray. Thanks for helping us out. Um, So, yeah, Pat, I mean, anything else really to think through before we kind of start diving into the field here, I want to, I want to have plenty of time to really work into the DraftKings field. Any other thoughts? No, I, I think that's it. Um, I, I think, uh, you hit all the, the good points there. And I think we, we you know, we, we, this course, everybody's seen it. That's one of the best things about the masters every year is we, it's the same course. Um, you know, so, uh, I think it's going to play a lot more difficult, like you said, this year, uh, than we saw in the fall. And, uh, so let's go. My face is feeling a little, it's looking like it's kind of reddening up a little it's, bit right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's looking good. It's improving. It's improving. Uh, hey, let's give, away, let's give away some Master Swag real quick. Do you have that stuff with you? So we, have, so we went to the 2020 Masters Pro Shop and just racked up some stuff because we figure, why wouldn't you want something from 2020 Masters, which is really just a, such a weird year. So we've got some pin flags. Oh, there we go. Pat's holding it up. There you go. And we've got some, uh, some T-shirts. Let's give those away. Here's all you got to do. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's do this first one. 
comments. Look at that beautiful shirt. The shirt says 2020 Look, Masters. It's all in the plastic still. Yep. Don't, you know. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Here's how you win it. Uh, go to YouTube and comment with the biggest name that you think is going to miss the cut. Give me a big name in the YouTube comments that's going to miss the cut. All right. If you're watching live, don't type it in there live because it won't count. You got to go after the show, type in the comment. Comments help the algorithm. Algorithm helps promote the show. We need more people watching on YouTube. Hook it up. So comment the biggest name to miss the cut. I tell you what, the first three comments that get it right, uh, we will send a 2020 flag to. First three. We got three flags, right, Pat? We got at least three. All right. Another way you can win it is just subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're already subscribed, congratulations, you're in. Just subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we will pick a random subscriber, and we'll mail you a T-shirt and a flag. How about that? We got four flags, Pat? Okay, now, we've, now, we, now I might need to go check. I think let's, let's, let's say four. Okay, we have four flags. Let we, me go check. Just okay. be sure. All right, yeah, so that's how you got to do it. So subscribe to the channel or comment the biggest name that you think is going to miss the cut, and uh, you got a chance to win it. It's that easy, very simple. It doesn't cost you much to do. Um, all right, let's get into the picks while Pat's doing whatever he's doing. All right, five, five total flags. Oh, so we've sweet. already, we've already committed four. All right, we're so going to we give away another one, one. We're going to give away another one on the uh, betting show, a different okay. way on the betting show. Mm. All right. Remember, if you're watching live on YouTube, the comment doesn't count until after the show's over. Then you go in and comment. There you go. All right, Pat, let's talk about the top range on DraftKings. So much to get into here. Cool. From, I mean, let's see here. We got DJ at 11.5, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Rory, Xander, Cantlay, Colin, Spieth, Reed, Kepka, Finau, and Webb Simpson rounding out the 9K and above range. You know, here's something to remember. Yes, you want ownership leverage in your lineup, but that doesn't mean all six guys have to be you know, super sneaky, right? Like you got to remember that you definitely need a, a couple, two or three guys at minimum that are going to give you some real leverage if they pop off. Uh, so you can eat some chalk and we're going to eat some chalk, I'm sure. Right. But I also think Pat, that a lot of the ownership is going to spread itself around because it's such a, such a strong field. It's such a small field. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of players super chalky. Obviously I think Jordan Spieth is going to be really, really chalky um, coming off the win at Valero and, and coming into the Masters with the momentum he already had. I think there's going to be two players that might, and I think Spieth's one of them, that may crack that 25% to 30% range, maybe more in certain contests. But other than that, like, I don't know. I just think you're going to see things spread out a little bit. Um, what, do you, what do you think overall about like how you're going to evaluate ownership or maybe are you going to how you're going to attack you know building lineups here are you going to how much exposure you're going to have to this top top tier which i think you know you got to have some because there's a lot of win equity up here yeah i'll have a good amount of exposure obviously but i do agree i mean i think that the ownership is going to be spread out a little bit up here and i don't want to be too just you know focused on ownership itself this week okay because 
you, you have that shorter field, okay? So a lot of guys are going to get six of six. I do agree that, look, you can't just sit there and fade chalk just to fade it this week. You can find some other places in your lineup, especially in tournament lineups, where you can play guys that are going to be lesser owned, maybe have two guys in your lineup, maybe three, but you can still play some chalky guys, and I still think you if doing that, you're going to win some GPPs this week, So, or at least you're going to finish high and win money. So... I'm not just going to be all about ownership this week. Um, I do think, um, you know, there's a lot of guys in here that I'm going to eat the chalk on. Um, You know, so we'll see. But it's, uh, you know, looking at these top guys, there's just, it's, it's, it's hard. You got to plant some flags. I do think you got to do that. This is one of those weeks where you have to plant flags and you got to just say, okay, I'm going to eat the chalk and I'm done there. And then I'm going to move on to the next. But you can't just sit, you can't play everybody in this nine K range. You really have got to uh, make some decisions up here, especially in your GPPs, and just go with it. You know, have a little bit smaller pool than you usually might go with, as far as your player pool is concerned, and then just go with it from there. Did you uh, did you forget where you were for a second there? I felt like you kind of are you good? Yeah, I was wondering how much beer I had left, and then like I realized, <laughs> oh, I still got a few sips before I need to pour. We some. had a thought so, yeah. bubble. And then I, I like got I got back on track okay. after I lost track for a second there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely am looking at ownership. I think that's important, but uh, you, you do have to just kind of say to yourself, hey, hey, you know what, David? Like, look in the mirror. Like, look at the mirror and say, you know what, David? You can't play them all, buddy. You know, you just can't. It sucks. There's so many good guys in here. You might like a ton of guys in here, but you can't play them all. Don't spread out the player pool so, you know, so wide that, you know, you end up either just you get a wash or you win just a little bit or you lose just a little bit. Like we're either in this to go big or go home. So um, you do have to plant some flags like Pat said. Let's talk about this. What are we going to do? I I like let's break it down 10K and up first. So you have Xander, Rory, JT, Bryson, Rom and DJ storylines here. Obviously, you mentioned John Rom just had the baby, him and his wife, Kelly. So that definitely changes a lot of things. I mean, when I, when I did the Pat Mayo show, we didn't know that yet, so we were talking about how that was going to work. Um, you know, baby swag can definitely be a thing, and I think, I think it's going to work. When in the I po- did the Pat Mayo show, <laughs> okay, good. I think it's going to work in Rom's favor. Um, I think it's going to be a good thing for Rom. Coming right off of it, he's playing well. I think the baby is a good thing. I think having it out of the way, letting him zero in and focus on the Masters, you know, focus on getting the job done and and not worrying about you know is kelly going into labor is she okay am i going to be able to make it if it happens am i going to miss the birth all all these things right i think it's going to really clear him up and you know fatherhood will change a man right and and it may it may uh it may offer some fresh perspective for old rombo and like just calm him down a little bit get him in his zen place and you know that could be good for him at augusta so i think rom is for sure live I think JT is probably a lock for me at this point. Uh, I really love where he's where he's at. His game, obviously, coming off winning the players. Um, I, I don't. Uh, his game is as good as anybody's here for for Augusta. Uh, and then from there, I think I'm probably for now going to stop. I may actually could be talked into Bryson at ten eight. I think Bryson arrives here in a little different form and a little different headspace. He's not causing waves talking about, you know, carrying trees on 13, a bet you lost by the way, or, uh, you know, what he's going to hit into this or all this kind of stuff. Like, I think he got humbled a little bit in November when he lost to Bernhard Longer. 
and here we are. So I, I kind of like the perspective for Bryson. What do you think about DJ? What do you think about the state of DJ's game right now? Defending champ at 11-5, what are you going to do about him specifically? And then I'll let you kind of tell me what you're going to do with the rest of this range. Well, I don't have DJ as one of my, you know, favorite GPP plays this week. I can't, you know, I can't go against you if you want to play him. I really don't mind it. Um, I do think that you might get a little bit of uh, better ownership leverage than you would um, if he were coming in in great form and whatever else. But let's not forget. I mean, it's still DJ. Like, I know he didn't play good at the Players' Championship, and he's not coming in in the greatest form. But look. The guy has just played incredible here outside of the win just last year on a different course. He was still second in 2019, T10 in 2018, T4 in 2016. 2017 was the famous fall down the stairs uh, year, so he didn't play and whatever else. But yeah, I don't, he's not one of my favorite. I just remembered. So I'm leaving to go to Destin tomorrow, Destin, Florida. And the last time I was at Destin, was the year DJ fell down the stairs. We were, we were getting mm-hmm. ready to, or we had just done our, we had already done our show. And then I found out that DJ was, uh, in fact, I'm staying in the same villa. That just, that just tripped me out. I uh, just figured does that Does that out. mean Sergio is going to win since that was the year that Sergio won? Dang. Somebody call DJ and make sure he doesn't have a house of stairs too. Yeah, everybody needs and to. And Sergio, uh, make sure he doesn't have DJ. a house of stairs. Yeah. But let me just say, I, you mentioned Bryson, okay? I like Bryson a ton this week. He is one of my favorite plays above 10K. What Have we heard anything about Bryson like we did leading up to no. Bryson in the fall? No. We're, we're, not hearing, we're not hearing all this stuff because I guess they got all of that out of the way in the fall. And now he's just coming in in great form, almost won the Players' Championship. And he's figured it out. Like, he, like the way he played it in the fall, there were some things that worked. We saw that, and it worked in kind of into the weekend. And I think that's gonna, you know, that's gonna benefit him this this year when the course is uh, playing much firmer, much faster. He's in good form. I like Bryson at ten eight. I think he's a good play. I know he doesn't have the greatest course history here, but I am gonna be a huge Bryson fan this week. And uh, I hope his ownership's lower. I don't think it will be, but yeah. Well, Pat, uh, we're going to finish breaking down the range and, of course, all the DraftKings plays. But before we do, our very special guest has arrived. I am really excited to welcome a, a fresh guest picker, fresh face on the Tour Junkies podcast. Producer Sam, you can bring him up if you want. It is Mr. Chris Vernon, the host of the Chris Vernon Show and the Ringer NBA Show. What's up, dude? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Brother, we, we are really grateful for you to take the time and hop on the show. We are big fans of you, big fans of your show. Um, Pat, show them your shirt, not your tits, but show them your shirt. Oh, let's go. Say let's amen go. at the Kona. Amen at the Kona. <laughs> Chris, how are you feeling that Charlie Hoffman got cucked today from making it yeah. to the Masters? That was tough. Uh he had a chance to eagle that on 18, too. It wasn't. I mean, he had made the, long, he had made the chip earlier. Um, so I was thinking he had a chance. I mean, once, once Jordan was able to kind of get out of trouble and make it so he only had the two-putt, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of when he came to terms with it's probably not going to happen for Hoffman here. But he took a run at it. Oh. You know what I mean? He really did. I mean, you know, when you, when you come into the last row, that's a lot of pressure when you got to win to get in. And uh, 
he took a real run at it. If it wouldn't have been for Jordan playing so great, he's probably there, right? A hundred percent. Chris, have you, uh, have you ever been to Augusta for the Masters, man? I have not. I haven't been. Mm. No, I'd love to. Um, you know, I actually had, uh, within these last few years, I've met a couple guys that like work for companies that get tickets. But I wouldn't want to go like as media. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do that. I would want to go as a fan. Um, and I've entered the lottery like four or five times. I've never gotten it. Keep but trying. I, I've, I've, I've met guys that like, you know, they work for like insurance companies or some crap. And so they have some kind of deals with some kind of big companies that are given tickets. And so every once in a while they get them. So I've had a couple guys say, Hey, at one point we're going to get you out there, but, uh, I have never been, I'd love to. So it's certainly one of those like bucket list things, right? Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Well, listen, if you, if you get here, you got a couple of Gusta boys right here that would love to host you. I know Pat would probably, uh, I know he'd probably love to guide you around, right, Pat? Oh, for sure. Pat does a a Chris Vernon impression uh, every week (laughs) on the podcast, Chris. You know, he's a big fan. Um, I get get voice texts on my phone weekly. Uh, As as Charlie Hoffman moves up any leaderboard for any golf tournament, I get Pat screaming in my my phone um, because we're such big fans of yours. That's crazy, too. The Charlie Hoffman thing is is nuts (laughs) to me. Like, that one... That I tell you this, like throughout the golf season, I get that one and Tony Finau the most. <laughs> yes. Of yeah. any of the two guys, those are the ones that I get all the time. Like there is never a weekend where I don't get a where the hell is Charlie Hoffman or a I mean, I'll just be like minding my business on a Sunday and I'll see, you know, especially when Finau was making runs at all of those tournaments back to back to back. I mean, it was a constant flow of Tony Finau, where he be now. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. But the Charlie Hoffman thing is so funny because, like, I haven't really talked about this. So here's um, the reason that that happened is because we've been doing those Masters updates. It started as a radio bit. We've probably been doing them, like, I don't know, 10 years, probably, right? Um, and we did them. About, mm, I don't know, five or six years ago, something like that, maybe six years ago. And I'm doing it on the radio, and he is in first place in the first round, like he always is, right? But I think this was like the first time that he was in first place in the first round, which became like commonplace over the course. You looked at that leaderboard, and he was always like in the top five in the first round every year so but whatever that first year was that he did it so probably like i don't know six years ago i'm doing the thing and it's one of the only times that i've cracked doing it because you could probably find it somewhere i don't know where the audio would be but i remember at the end uh i i was i was yelling and screaming we're doing the leaderboard and i'm yelling uh charlie hoff is five under Charlie Hoffman's five under, Charlie Hoffman's five under. And then like the music still playing, whatever. And I can see like my producers laughing his ass off and I'm looking at him and I could tell he know he's thinking what I'm thinking. And I yelled, 
who the hell is Charlie Altman? <laughs> right? Because we had no idea who that he was. We didn't even know if it was like, it could have been a fake Masters leaderboard for all we knew. <laughs> and so then it became a thing every year because we do it first round, second round. So every year, it became a thing that, like, Charlie Hoffman was always one of those guys because I'm pretty well just going through the tops on the leaderboard, but he was always there. And so <laughs> once, the, once the Charlie Hoffman thing happened that first year and it was who the hell is Charlie Hoffman, then from then on we started doing it. And then last year, you know, that was, I, I mean, I think the first time that I've done it and he wasn't there. And so that's why I yelled that. Where the <laughs> hell is Charlie Hoffman? Because every year we do that, and he's always oddly one of the names, right? It's always like we're always kind of focusing on oh, stars, yeah. but oddly he's always one of the names. So that's why I started yelling, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? Because he wasn't on the lead. It wasn't because he wasn't at the Masters. It's because I didn't even know. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had no idea Charlie Hoffman was not in the Masters last year. When it, I'm saying when it started. But the reason I yelled that is because I was looking at the leaderboard and he wasn't on the leaderboard. So that's what that was in reference to. But golf fans, they went nuts over that thing. It was hilarious. Well, you know, I think, too, is that we've talked about that for years. And, you know, we, we're talking fantasy golf and betting and first-round leaders and all that kind of stuff. So we always know that Charlie Hoffman is near the top of the leaderboard in the yep. first round of the Masters. So when you – like, that made the whole video. When you immediately go, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? <laughs> I mean, we're thinking, you know, every, what everybody's thinking, where yeah, is where he? Yeah, where is he? You know, where we'd is be missing he? We'd be missing Charlie Hoffman. And then you got <laughs> the daggum mascots in the background going yeah. – yeah, <laughs> like, like that, like even that in itself is just crazy. I mean, the whole video is just absolutely fantastic, and and I I was uh, I caught on to it early. Was a huge fan of it. Now, I gotta ask, one of the mascots falls down at the very end. I think that's a little bit of subtle thing is that mascot falling down. Like, why did he fall down? Like, did he was that part of it, or did he just fell down? He was tired. Well, I mean, what what yeah, happened there? I think, there he, I think he crashed. <laughs> I think he, I think he crashed. Um, Are we doing? I think he, I think he, he, I don't think he tripped, but I think he did. Like, he, I think he crashed. Like, it was just enough was enough, and I think he like fell out. But then he got back up, and he kept on going. You know, look. All right, I don't, I don't mind saying this. So, <laughs> the guy, the the video that's been circulated the most. Um, the one that people have seen on, on Twitter, uh, it has, uh, it's a dog and it's a bumblebee. Now, mm -hmm. that bumblebee, that is a real, that's a mascot. Like, he, he, he works with us, but he is Rocky the Redbird at the Memphis Redbirds AAA baseball team. Oh, so that's his real job. Like that's his, Well, no, like, no, that's his side hustle. Oh, damn. But that's why, oh, he's a so professional. Like, yeah, he is a professional. Like, people don't understand. They think they can just put any schmo in a costume. I got real professionals. In the, these, are, these are trained professionals in these. Now, the other guy, he ain't a trained professional. That's probably why he crapped out. You know what I mean? Like look, he, uh, look, that's like and, in in Augusta. You know, we have yeah. we have the Hooters restaurant on Washington Road in Augusta, and what yeah. happens is fifty one weeks out of the year, 
we get them B list, C list Hooters girls. But when Masters <laughs> Week, when Masters Week rolls around, they bring in the professionals. You know, that's they, right. They're wearing the same costume, but it's a professional under there. You know what I mean? So I get that. <laughs> what what do they, they do with the, what do they do with the regular oh, Hooters I, girls? I, God knows. I mean, I don't know. They send a Waffle House or something. I don't they know. What just they just say you get the week off. Yeah, you get the week off. Hey, are you going to be doing the Masters updates this this year? Yeah, we're doing. Uh, it'll be. We always do them on Thursday, Friday. I got a lot of. I I I I, I don't want to say a lot. I mean, minor heat about not doing them on the weekends. But I like I. You know, nobody nobody wants to hear that. The truth is, it's like we've got. I don't know five five maybe robotic cameras that work in there. I mean, we have like what's basically like a TV producer, right? Um, that has to work, uh, work the cameras and stuff. And then I've got at least, I don't know, five or six other people that are kind of involved in it. Um, you know, with the music and yeah, the cameras it's and it's the mascots or whatever. And it's like, bro, I can't make, I can't ask all these people to come in on the only two days that they have off so that we can do a six minute masters thing and then somebody's got to produce the whole damn thing and it's like but we're already there doing the show right it's just a regular work day thursday and friday when we normally do the show anyway well so, yeah yes. i mean and damn rocky the redbird's got a double header on saturday <laughs> you know, you <laughs> their season down. doesn't start for uh <laughs> they don't start uh i guess triple a I, I this is odd they don't start for like a month after the major uh. leagues i don't know what all those baseball players are doing right they were all at spring training and then i guess they just all have a month off so wait yeah but he's uh, look this is his spring training this is yeah. spring training this guy this, yeah. he has to get ready he can't be half-stepping when it comes to redbird season yeah but <laughs> so now like uh, look look like i have even if i considered not doing it like i I'm, oh you have you have I to mean, do it you i have, have to do it, do it. Yeah. i have yeah. to yeah. and then with freaking kepka Tweet. Oh, I saw that. He oh tweeted about it today. So now you got even more pressure. So that even that that's no, that leads I mean, that into is... my question. So what kind of pressure are you feeling, you know, for oh, the update well, going into and now now we're gonna get some picks there. from you too. So yeah. do you have some guys like in mind, you know, besides some picks that we'll get into that that you're kind of hoping do well, uh, just because you got a little material for them, you know, leading up into the updates uh this year. I I I have a Real soft spot for Fina. Mm-hmm. He has performed so well there. He, like everybody else, cratered at the end of the Tiger win a couple years ago. Um, but he has played very, very well there. He's played really well. And he's been great this year. I just, you know, everybody's the guy that can't get it done until yeah. they get it done. You know? And... If you are awesome, you eventually get it done. I, I like the idea that some of those guys, if, in the absence of somebody being totally dominant, right? And I suppose if Dustin Johnson backed it up, then all of a sudden we start talking about him in a different way than we've talked about him before. And certainly it validates, like, people can't say, oh, it's... It was the fall, and there were there weren't fans there, and all this crap, right? Um, so, in the absence of dominance, I do like stories, right? Like that's what I like the most. And so, I think the best stories would either be a guy breaking through that is constantly like second. So, in that realm, it would be Finau, it would be Xander, 
right? Oh, Those yeah. guys are constantly on the doorstep, but they haven't really broken through. And the other one would be the great stories, um, which Brooks falls into it now because he'll be going on, right? He's got the injury and he's going to play it. So that would make for an unbelievable story. Um, and then the other two stories would be Rory. Um, you know, he needs this. He doesn't have this um, of the majors. Uh, it's hanging out there. And he has not been very good. He hasn't been nearly what he was a year ago. He's switching clubs, all this crap. Um, and speed. I mean, if Spieth could put on that green jacket after all that dude's been through, I mean, he has had the ultimate fall from, you know, where he was the dude and everybody loved him. And he just has so much charisma. I'd love for him to be back on top and not like back on top, like Valero open back on top. Right. Like if he wins there and he could collect another green jacket and signify that, like, all right, this dude is back. Like, I think Rory would be a great story. Speeth would be a great story. And in the absence of those, I would say, you know, somebody breaking through like a Finau or a Xander. Um, oh, and that, I mentioned Kepka, you know. Yeah. Uh, those guys, I think, I, think those would, I think those would elicit the best stories that come out of it and would certainly get me the most excited. Um, Chris, I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, yeah. we've been doing this six years and, you know, we, we're on Twitter a lot. We both get a little opinionated, a little mouthy from time to time. And we had a first happen this past week. In fact, the listeners don't even know this. This is new. Uh, but you were part of it and you didn't even oh. know it. Uh, for the first time in six years on Twitter, our account got suspended for 12 hours. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It got suspended for 12 hours because, um, I saw you reply to a tweet. There was some, there was some reply. I replied to the tweet because obviously Charlie Hoffman was coming into the Valero playing really well. And uh, you replied to some tweet about the Valero and about Charlie Hoffman. And I replied to you as the, the Charlie Hoffman guy, right. And said, Chris, there is no way you don't bet Charlie Hoffman to win the Valero this week because he's your guy, right? And if he wins Valero, yep. he gets to Augusta and he's the subject of, you know, your song or one, of, you know. And I said, there's no way you don't bet Charlie Hoffman. If you don't, you should dick punch yourself for, <laughs> for not doing that as a joke, right? <laughs> All right. Six days later, <laughs> I go to get on Twitter and it says my account's been suspended for uh for for encouraging self-harm to another twitter <laughs> user you're kidding and i and it shows you the tweet it no. shows you the tweet in question and it was the tweet that i sent to you no yes and it made me yeah. it, it it made me delete there was a big delete button and you literally had to hit the delete button to start the 12 hour clock so i had to delete the tweet and then that is not real. and then we were in timeout for 12 hours i kid you that not that seriously happened i swear because to you. you told me to dick punch myself <laughs> so, so so my so my question is man are you okay like i don't i didn't i, I need to i need to make sure oh i didn't my goodness. you didn't I, self-harm I, look i'm sorry are for, you feeling okay hey, look i'm sorry for reporting you <laughs> <laughs> I deserve no, it. I, mean, I deserve who, it. Somebody has to report you, right? I don't know that like, that's true. I think Twitter. I think there there are ways monitoring that that they they scan things to see. Yeah, 
In fact, I almost tweeted something today. That's like that's super bizarre. It's so bizarre. I almost tweeted something today, not related to you. And then as I was typing it, I was like, "Damn, if I get suspended during Masters Week, like our biggest week of the year, that can't happen." Can't happen. So I deleted the whole thing. But anyway, so it said it said that it, it said that you were encouraging self harm to to you. I was encouraging someone on Twitter to harm themselves. I wonder what. The, and it was I mean, you. Like, it's not like you told me to jump off a bridge or no, something, right? No, man, but dick punches can be a real thing. That, those things, I'm sure they hurt. I got sla- Hey, you don't even know this, but earlier on this show, like 40 minutes ago, my wife slapped me in the face live on the show because I lost a bet. So Yeah, but like, when is the last time you've been punched in the dick? I've never been I, punched I th- in the dick, yeah. Oh, I think I was a child. <laughs> okay, good. I think I was probably a child. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously I've been thumped. This is going. Right? This is totally going in the show notes. Okay, DraftKings picks, bets, and the last time Chris Vernon got don't put it on Twitter. Bitch. Don't put it on Twitter. Hey, man, uh, they are soft, huh? They are dude, soft in Twitter. Um, mm. hey, before before we let you go, Chris, because I know. I don't, by the way, I just want to tell you, I get guys tell me to like suck their cock and all this all the time. And those all guys the time. still up there. Oh no, all no. the time. People say the worst things ever to me because I look. I host an NBA podcast, right? So if I oh. say you got a rat team, or I say like I, I like it could be, for instance, um, I did this bit about how uh, Rudy Gobert. Everybody's like, oh, defensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Like he should be help defensive player of the year because all he does is help defend. Every other center kicks his ass. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, and it's just. I mean, man. you would think I said something about people's mothers. They, people are terrible fans. They're terrible. That that is honestly, I would say, I mean, like it would it was an, it would not broach the top one thousand things <laughs> that have been sent to me in the last three months. Well, I mean, I guess that's not. They're not telling you to harm yourself. They're telling you to pleasure. Them. So maybe, maybe <laughs> service that's, others. Maybe it's semantics. Yes, be of service to others. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Chris. Oh, by the way, apologize to your listeners. I didn't mean to make this. Uh, oh, you know, parental guidance. Oh, dude, no. Trust us. We're we're good. I mean, I brought up the dick punching thing. It is. I opened the can. <laughs> Um, listen, uh, everybody needs to follow at Chris Vernon show on Twitter and you need to be on the lookout for these masters videos. If you're not already following him, I don't know what you're doing and check out his podcast on the ringer, the Chris Vernon show. He's the the Memphis Grizzlies guy. And, um, Chris, we just really appreciate you taking time to come on. But before you go, can I have you and Pat somehow do a quick, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman at thing? Like, can you guys like vibe off each other real quick? Can we do a, where, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is the um? Uh, let me think. So, okay, so we got it. We got it as a. Mm. If I'm doing it like as a leaderboard, I need like the. Uh, you need to do like a waka flocka then. You need a... benefit him not making it enables us to have the line again you know <laughs> what I mean? like that, of, of all true. the things that i really need to 
because I can't be doing I, I got to come up with all new stuff. I mean, not all new stuff because some stuff is just standard. Um, but of the of the of the things that I don't have to come up with him not being there, like I'm going to look at the leaderboard and he's not going to be there. You know what I mean? He's not there. If if you can find a way to work in tour junkies in your rhyme, I would I would I would tour junkies. Yeah, I would be a big yeah. fan. But you don't know. You guys, you guys actually live in Augusta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're born and raised yeah. in Augusta. Yeah, yeah. How many people live there? Like like in Augusta proper. Four hundred thousand, four hundred fifty thousand, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I've never met anybody I, from Augusta. I really haven't. There you go. We're good people. Yeah, We're yeah. good people. I still think that the, the Tony Finau part is underrated. Tony Finau! Where he be now? Tony Finau! Where he be now? You know what? It's, it's not underrated, though, because I get that and I get Hoffman the most. The one, the one that I've been most excited slash happy about, obviously, the Kepka thing and like Jenna Sims like was Instagramming about it and all that stuff. That was crazy. Um, the last, the, the last one though was the, um, uh, the, the Paul Casey always smiling. Trevor friggin Immelman tweeted me that mm. Trevor. He's a master champion himself. Yeah. Paul Casey always smiling. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's true. He is always smiling. Uh, always good smiling. stuff. Wait, wait, what, was, what was he so happy about? <laughs> hey, have you seen his girl? That's what he's happy about. This oh, good, really? You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, look, I bet I, bet I don't Google it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Chris. We got to get to our picks and uh, button this up, man. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, work in tour junkies, guys. dude. Let us know. Let us know. We'll be. We'll be uh, I appreciate your support. And don't dick punch yourself. You know what I mean? I, I didn't mean it. I love you. I'll do my best. I'm going to do my fans. best. All right, dude. Everybody follow, right, you follow you, at Chris Vernon Show on Twitter. We appreciate him coming out. He's hilarious. God, I love that guy. And I know it's a dream come true for Pat. It's like a make. I just. It's like fulfilling a make a wish right here. How does that feel? You know, hey, you surprised look. me with the Gino thing. I'm so, Chris Vernon. I worked hard for that. Hey, yeah, I appreciate that. There was not a, a whole lot to be excited about a November Masters, but that was one of the things that I, just stood out True. for me from that Masters. It was True. great stuff. All right, let's get back to the picks. This is great stuff. Uh, we talked about the, the we're talking about the top tier. So, uh, you know, you're always a sucker for Rory, Pat. You just are. Can mm-hmm. and he's sitting here right in front of me, written down. Okay, as well, my next point. But we didn't get to talk about Bryson too much because okay. right before I was, I mentioned Bryson right before Chris came on. And I do like Bryson. I do think he figured out a lot of things at this last Masters. We're not hearing as much as we did, um, you know, last year or in the fall uh, leading up to the Masters. So I don't know what your thoughts are. You said you could be swayed to, to, to play him. I think you got to play him. I think you got to play Bryson in this Masters. Okay. And you know what? Putts well on bent grass greens. What do you think changed from November? I mean, I know some things changed, but I'm saying, like, for you, when you look at it, what what's different for you? Well, for one, obviously, the course is a little bit different. I think that his, you know, when, when you think about anything with a player, um, especially like him, you know, a guy who's very cerebral, we all know that, who likes to try things out and try things, you know, that are new and kind of reinvent himself. 
you know, he was trying a lot of things out in the fall with his game, with it, with yeah. not just his game, but how to play that course his way. And so he kind of tinkered and all that kind of stuff. Now you can talk about the stomach aches and whatever else he had. Um, but I don't care. I still think he was figuring some things out with how he wanted to play that course his way. And I think he learned a lot from playing it his way in the fall. And I think it's going to be to, uh, you know, to the good for him, for his betterment. Uh, and he's in good form as well. Um, so I think Bryson is, uh, he's got a huge, a great chance to win this turn. And he's obviously in great form. We've seen him win at the Arnold Palmer, and then we saw him almost win at the Players. So at 10-8, he's really my favorite play there. All right. 10K. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I'm leaning Rom and JT. I could definitely be talking to Bryson. We'll just see how the ownership stuff shakes out. Um, I love Patrick Cantlay as we get into the $9,000 range. I love Cantlay here. I love the ball striking. But I will say he's one of those names that if he's top three, top five owned, going back to the game theory stuff we talked about that Ben wrote about on tourjunkies.com, he's one I could go ahead and fade and be okay. I, I don't want to do that with, like, it's going to, it's going to be harder for me to do that with JT and Rom, but with Cantley, I think I can do that. I think Patrick Reed is is the play here, especially given if, if you trust that this place is going to be firmer and faster, and you trust that Augusta National wants to get that scoring way, way far away from where it was in November, um, where even maybe a 4-5 under is winning this golf tournament. I think that sets up even better for Patrick Reed. He's always under-owned. So I think that's an interesting take. And then Webb Simpson is very interesting to me at 9K. I talked about him on the Mayo show as well. And Pat likes him too. So he's, he may be chalky when Mayo talks him up. It's going to, you know, it's going to go up. But we'll see how it goes. I love Webb here. I know he's not playing his best, but I think his record at Augusta, his confidence at Augusta, I, 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 think, I think he's an interesting play. And, and obviously you get a, a nice little price break there. My fade in this range is going to be Jordan Spieth. All right, I'm going to do it. It's super controversial, I know. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fade him, and here's, here's... Obviously, ownership is the number one reason why you fade him. Other than 2020 with Dustin Johnson, if you faded the highest-owned guy or the top two highest-owned guys, which Jordan Spieth is going to be, other than 2020, over the last four years, you were fine. Now, now if Jordan top tens, and, and he's the highest-owned guy at 30%, and you avoid him, that doesn't necessarily mean you're dead. You know, it depends on how well he scores. It doesn't necessarily mean that you cost yourself a big payday. Um, but as the highest-owned guy, you're going to need Jordan to really do his thing. And here's what, I, here's what I researched. The only hole in his game that I can still find right now is strokes gained off the tee for Jordan Spieth. Strokes gained off the tee is important at Augusta National. It just is. Uh, you, you have to gain. And I mean, all around game is important at Augusta National. Everything has to be clicking. You can't get away with, you know, at Valero, you can get away with like one thing not being quite right. In one of the strongest fields, in, in the most coveted win of any tournament these guys play for the, their career, you have to be pumping on all cylinders. Even this week, when he wins the Valero, he is 104th in this field this week, in the field at Valero, in strokes gained off the tee. He hit 29 of 56 fairways this week on his way to victory. That's good for T49 in terms of driving accuracy. So I went back and looked at his last Masters, and I saw, okay, how was he performing in off the tee leading up to those Masters? In, uh, in 2019, 
he in three of seven previous weeks leading up to the Masters, he gained strokes off the tee in only three of seven. He finished 21st. In 2018, he had gained strokes off the tee in 15 straight events leading up to the Masters. 15 straight events leading up to the Masters, gained strokes off the tee, finished third. In 2017, he only, he, was, he only gained two out of six weeks off the tee leading up, finished 11th. In 2016, he gained nine in a row off the tee leading up to Augusta, finished second. And in 2015, when he won for the first time, he, finished, uh, he had six straight weeks leading up where he gained strokes off the tee leading up to his victory. So if you look at it, on the, on the, the years that he's done really, really well, leading up to it, his strokes off the tee numbers looked a lot different than what they look right now. I, I know he can, he can spray it everywhere out here and finish top 10. I know he can, but I don't know that he can do that and win. Um, so he's got to figure that out. Everything else is there. I get it. That plus the ownership is the reason I'm out. What is this? The damn, uh, what's that show? It's the reason I'm out. Uh, oh, yeah, Shark Tank. What is this, Shark Tank? Well, I know well, I have to justify that. that because you, you have to, I mean, I know i got to justify it. That's, it's a controversial take right now. Look, I think Jordan Spieth is obviously going to be high-owned, and I think is, you know, but whatever. I'm fine with eating the chalk on Jordan Spieth. Okay. I mean, the guy has played this course fantastic, regardless of what kind of, you know, you know, what kind of form he's been in with the driver and whatever else. He's shown recently that everything else of his game, he is in complete control of. It's amazing in the, the fact that he isn't that great with the driver just because he's so good with every part of his game other than that. So I am not going to fade Jordan. I think that's a terrible fade. I don't care what his ownership is. Okay. I'll still play him. All right. Who's your All fade right. in this range? Well, let me go, let me go back to a few things here. Because okay. you mentioned Rory. Okay? okay. I like Rory a ton this week. I think if you want to gain some leverage on the field this week in your tournament lineups, why not play Rory? Okay, everybody, everybody wants to talk about, you know, the guys in great recent form and blah, 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 and whatever else. And, you know, Rory's got we don't know what you know, his game is at. He was chasing distance with Bryson DeChambeau and all this kind of stuff. But look, Rory's still Rory, okay? He's one of the greatest players in the game, all right? And I liked where he came at the end of his, you know, he came out after the last Masters and gave an interview that was very, um, he gives great interviews anyway. So it's, it's not like this is nothing new. But you know, he talked about how he learned a little bit from the past Masters. I'm not talking about the course and how it played and things like that, because I've already mentioned that I think it's going to play different. But his attitude changed a little bit, I think, in this last Masters after he started off so bad, relaxed a little bit, and then played incredibly well the rest of the way. Could have been in contention if he hadn't had such a bad first round. And so I think Rory this year is going to play well in this Masters. I'm not really... I don't really care about form all that much. Look, you look at all these guys in this 9K-plus range, okay? You know, Webb missed the cut at the players. Tony Finau missed the cut at the players. Cantlay missed the cut at the players. Xander missed the cut at the players. Rory missed the cut at the players. All of them did. So, I mean, you can't really, I don't think, just look at that as being the one thing that's going to be something that you're going to, you know, put a whole lot into with what you're, you're, you know, the guys you're playing over 9K. So Who I said love they were Rory doing that? this week at Sorry? I didn't say I was doing that. Who said that? I think a lot of people will look at that and say yeah. they're formed, they miss the cut, and things like that. I'm not talking about just you. 
And then I'm also talking about Sam, the uh, producer, uh, bringing up, I don't know what he did in the chat there, but um, please stop doing that because we're talking about the Masters and it's going to go over <laughs> as far as the, the time. Okay. So, you know, this isn't the Oscars or something like that. So if, if we're like, if I'm talking about somebody, don't tell me to shut up. We have right? the other show, though. We have the other show timed. So. Okay. Anyway, uh, I do like Rory. And I'll make this quick. I like Webb at 9,000. I wish Pat okay, Mayo, we go. who you were on his show, and we, if, you, <laughs> if you hadn't been on his show, maybe we could, could have talked more about Webb and maybe just go to the Pat Mayo show since DB's on there. <laughs> and then we can, uh, you can hear what he says about Pat mayo and webb and all that kind of stuff but i do like webb this week i think he's going to have a good week um i think the ownership is going to be pretty low in this range for him obviously has pretty damn good course history and can absolutely win on this course yeah. so there you go you are my favorite american pat though i will say that and oh i didn't mention my fade my fade's going to be at the top dustin johnson i'm just going to fade him i'm not playing him you got to plant your flags like i said yeah rory's one flag i'm going to have Bryson may be one flag. Webb possibly Spieth. definitely a flag on baiting DJ. Okay. Let's look at this 8K range. The 8K range is, uh, you know, it's an interesting spot. You got Terrell Hatton all the way down to Tommy Fleetwood. A lot of the Brits in here. Got to know what to do with those boys. Um, Hideki, who seems to be surging lately. Scotty Scheffler, who went deep in the WGC, lost in the finals against Billy Ho. Cam Smith, who... Had a great November Masters and had another top five earlier um, in his Masters career. Obviously loves Augusta. So what are we going to do here? I'll make this pretty short and sweet. I like two guys here. I like Daniel Berger. Uh, hadn't been here in a, in a couple years. I think he, he really hated he had to miss out in November when he was, I mean, but he's, he's kept up the hot form. I love the total package that Daniel Berger brings to Augusta, the ball striking, uh, the short game. I, I love it all. I feel like he's just, he's clicking on all cylinders. And I think he also, you know, can, can win this event. I think he gives you some, some win equity for sure. Uh, and I like the price savings there. I love Matt Fitzpatrick. I love Matt Fitzpatrick this year uh, at the Masters. And God, I normally where is don't. this coming from? I normally this don't. This is so different than what, like, I, I know. Who took over your body into something? Maybe it's the shirt you're wearing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've liked it, man. I think, so I've read some of his press conferences. I've been watching him a lot. He's been playing really well. If you're paying attention, he's playing well. He's talked about how he's added some distance. He's added a little bit of length. He's not chased it too bad to the point where it's, it's hurt him like, like Rory has. Um, but he's added a little pop in the bat, which I like. He loves, this, the, he loves Augusta National. He's, he's, I think he's made five of five cuts here. Um, and again, thinking to how this course may set up. A lot of things are still to be determined here. We're recording this on Sunday night. There's going to be practice rounds, constant interviews, the press brief, all that stuff is, is all going to come out. We have caddies here that are going to be uh, walking the golf course. All that information is still yet to be, you know, to be uncovered, and that may change some things. But the way I think it's set up to play as of now, recording this on Sunday night, I think this is going to suit up to be a fantastic Masters for Fitzpatrick. I really, really like it. Um, and then I'm going to fade his, uh, his counterpart, his comrade, Lee Westwood, primarily because of the price. I can't get down with an $8,800 surging in price, Lee Westwood, despite the impeccable course history here at Augusta. Never won, um, but a ton of top fives, top tens here at Augusta. You know, I just, it's really tough for me to pay for an old guy that I don't think has a ton of win, you know, win equity here, despite how good he's playing. I'm just, I can't do it. 
I do need to remind everybody of one last thing. And that is how you can get two free months in the Nut Hut, because that's important. Because the Nut Hut this week is going to be super important. We're going to be in there Wednesday night, me and Pat, probably Ben. It's going to be a blast. We're going to answer all your questions. It's going to be popping. And you can get two free months of the Nut Hut by going and joining Monkey Knife Fight, one of our favorite new kind of like prop daily fantasy sites. It's so much fun to play. Monkey Knife Fight. You go to playmkf.com slash nuthut. You'll see the landing page there. You, you sign up, okay, using that link. You sign up, you deposit, you deposit some money, okay, and then you play a $10, you got to play $10 worth of real money games on Monkey Knife Fight, okay? Go ahead and do that ASAP because then it'll take Monkey Knife Fight like a day or two to let us know that that happened, and then we'll send you a link, and that link you can enroll in the Nut Hut for free for two months. So pretty, pretty quick and dirty. Plus, you get a $50 deposit match, up to $50 deposit match if you, if you start out with $50 on Monkey Knife Fight. So you get free money from them and free two months for us in, you know, in just joining and, and getting in the nut hut and making it happen. And if you do that now, you get to catch the PGA Championship as well and close to right up until the U.S. Open. So playmkf.com slash nut hut is where you need to go to, uh, to sign up for that. You got to go to that link, sign up for Monkey Knife Fight, play in a $10 real money game. So play baseball or something, even if you hate baseball, just play $10 because then it's going to take Monkey Knife Fight a day or so to let us know that you did that. And then we send you the link to sign up for the Nut Hut. So there you go. That's my 8K range, Pat. Hit me with yours and then we'll keep it moving. All right, real quick here. I like Victor Hovland at 8,700. I think he's a good play. Now, look, he did not play here in the fall, but in his first ever time playing here as an amateur he finished t32 uh the year tiger won in 2019 uh so look that's pretty good for an amateur in your first time ever playing the event he is also top 10 in the field in ball striking and off the tee 18th in the field in strokes gained approach bent has been his best surface to put on now i know it's been a limited sample size when you think about uh, the fact that he hasn't been on tour for that long but still I like Victor Hoffman, and we've seen him play great in the fall. He's been playing pretty well this this uh, this year so far. So at 8,700, I think he's going to be a good play this week. And then Hideki at 8,300. Mm, I like both of those, yeah. Okay, Hideki. I mean, look, he had a pretty good week this week at the Valero Texas Open. You just cannot deny his course history here. He's been fantastic on this course. It's been kind of sneaky good course history here, and he's been in better form lately. You look at the stats for Hideki. I mean, he's 16th in the field in strokes gained approach, 26 in ball striking, top 15 in par five scoring, and top 35 in strokes gained around the green. Look, if we just get a good putter this week from uh, from Hideki, which is what is always a question for Hideki, uh, I, I think you can get. Um, you know, the guy can be in contention here, so I like him. At 8,300. And then my fade's going to be, and I faded this guy last year in good form, and I'm going to fade him again in pretty good form, and that is Terrell Hatton at 8,900. Mm. This just isn't a course for him. The guy He's is, got a mental block here. I think it could be, but I think he's, he's such a mental guy. Remember last year when he came to Champions that the day he missed the cut, and he, I, saw, I videoed him like throwing his golf glove? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just don't think this is a course that suits him. I mean, it suits his game if you look at the stats. I mean, he should play well here, but there's something about it that just doesn't either fit his eye or whatever else. Like, 
I don't know if he just doesn't like it when he gets on these greens and he three and four putts and whatever. Like something, I mean, I wouldn't like that either. He's going to win. But there's just something about Terrell Hatton here at Augusta that does not fit, and I don't like him at 8,900. You give him to me cheaper in that 7K range or low 8K range, maybe, but not at 8,900. Yeah. I will fade Terrell Hatton there. He's going to win. Um, all right, let's look at the seven. Why do you say that? I, I'm Why do you just say saying he's gonna it, win? I'm saying it like it's a curse. Like if we sit here and talk, but we both say it's, it's something about it. Then he's just going to turn around and win. All right, let's look at the seven K range. Uh, this is obviously a range with a ton of interesting names here. Sergio up at the top at 79, all the way down to Victor Perez, Shane Lowry, Molinari, those guys, tons of veterans here, tons of question marks here between you know, is Jason Day healthy? Is Louie going to be okay? Is Justin Rose okay? Is Matt Wolf okay? Tons of question marks here. All, you know, a few guys that have dealt with some injuries. Um, there's a ton of different ways you can go here. I was, um, I mentioned I was on the course on Saturday. As we were leaving, there was one player. Well, there were actually two players we saw. One of them was Bubba taking a complete L, standing on the 18th green when mm-hmm. uh, the girl that won the tournament walked off. And he was there to give her a five or a fist bump, and she completely yeah, didn't see him nothing. and walked right by him. That he was the nothing. biggest L. Um, but there was another player that I saw, and he was on the putting green all by himself, and me and my son sat there and watched him for 30 minutes. And I was just glad to see him there early, and that was Jason Day. He was, I was just glad to see him there early. I didn't care what he was doing. I didn't care. I, I don't know. I was just glad to see him there on a Saturday, laughing it up, chuckling it up with his caddy getting some putts in, feeling good enough to be out there doing his thing on a Saturday. I really like Jason Day here this week. Uh, obviously, he's always played Augusta very well. He's had a good year. I, I, like, I like where his game is at as a whole for, for Augusta, of course. Uh, you know, him along with Louie, I just started going to this cryotherapy place, and I get in the little cryo chamber. Pat was on the phone with me a couple days ago when I did that, and I you know, yeah, it's helping, helping to heal was, my... I thought that was a scary experience. It wasn't. It was ho- helping to heal my body. I might go in there and see if uh, either one of those boys are in there. Helping to heal your, heal your body. Give me my, my, my healing. <laughs> um, all right, but other than day, I'll pop down to... I like uh, I like Molinari a little bit. I'm starting to turn a little. I thought you were gonna go Usti. You started talking about Usti. I was just saying because just... he's injured. I'm just saying like I'll check him and Day out for the cryotherapy uh, stuff. Mm. Um. I think I'm starting to come around on Molinari a little bit. Another short knocker, historically, that's like Fitzpatrick, added some pop in the bat. And obviously, he's played Augusta very well before the epic collapse when Tiger won in 2019. Flashed a little bit of form here earlier in the West Coast swing. I think Molinari is a very good value down there in the low sevens. Uh, and then I'm going to give you, a, a, you know, this is, a, this is a Millie Maker entry player right here, and that's Victor Perez, the big. The big guy, the big fr- uh, Frenchman, isn't he French? I don't know. The big, big yeah, hero. He is French. Um, went deep in the WGC. Finished, uh, finished in the final four for the WGC. Um, made it, made it there, and just hits it a long way. He's got JP Fitzgerald on the bag, or Fitzpatrick. Sorry, JP Fitzpatrick on the bag, formerly of Mr. Rory McIlroy. Which you know, Victor's first time around Augusta National, but I love the fact that he's got J.P. Fitz on the bag, helping him navigate Augusta National, which obviously he did for Rory for so many years. I think that's really going to help him. This guy hits it a long way. Uh, very talented player and, and obviously pretty cheap. So I think that's a deep, 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 you know, GPP entry, Mr. Victor Perez. The fade for me is going to be 
Sergio Garcia. Can't pay for it. Can't pay for a guy putting with his eyes closed. His putting has gotten worse in the last three years since he's won the Masters. Since he's won the Masters, he's had, uh, I mean, God, it's, it's T21 has been his best finish in any major since he won the Masters, and it was two months after. From there, it has been a series of miscuts, 56, 60 seconds in majors. It's been very, very bad um, for, for Sergio Garcia. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested in continuing to just pray that Sergio's eye-closed method is going to work. I'm not buying it, and I'm not paying for it, despite the very attractive ball striking, or very attractive, as one may say. Uh, there for Sergio Garcia. Attractive. My, my bad. That's attractive ball striking. My bad. Victor Perez did play in the 2020 Masters. That's right. Finished 46th. Um, so, yeah, second time around, and now he's got JP Fitz on the bag. I like it. Okay. Well, um, I like Sergio Garcia this week at 7,900. I, I think he's been, you look at his play recently, it's been very good. Um, not only in the match play, but also uh, recently in the Players' Championship. I know the putter. The putter's always an issue with him. Okay, so it's gotten can, worse like, though since he won the Masters. If you look previous to the Masters, it's actually gotten worse. It, it, the I older get it, he's but getting, his play the worse has he's been getting. better, and everything else has been better as of late. Uh, you look at last fall when he got a win at the Sanderson Farms. The only reason he did not play in the Masters, where I think he would have been, um, you know, not a favorite to win, obviously, but he would have been somebody that we would have been looking at. Had it not been for COVID and he tested positive for COVID, and that's why he did not play in the Masters in November. But I still like Sergio at 7,900. Look, the ball striking is perfect for this course. He's been good off the tee, top 15 in the field off the tee, also in scrambling as well. I like Sergio at 7,900. I will play, play him, and I will not fade him. I think that's a terrible fade. And then I like, as a GPP play, I like Jason Day. You mentioned him at 7,500. I think he's a great play this week. I think he's going to be coming in under the radar. There's always, of course, the injury talk, and we can always – I feel like that's getting overplayed now. Okay. Every time Jason Day's in the field, we talk about the sniffles and whatever else and blah, 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 and injuries. and Okay, I'm done with that. I'm tired of that. Jason Day is still a great player. He has good history here. He has a perfect game for this course. So I think Jason Day is definitely in play at 7,500. And I like Louie. I like Louie at 7,500 as well. I know he's coming off of injuries and whatever else, and he's always a withdrawal risk, but I'm okay with that. I'll get, I'll, if you want to not play Louie because you're scared of, with, of, of a withdrawal, whatever, I don't care. I'll still play him. I like him this week. He has great course history here, kind of sneaky. I love him here at, at this course. So, um, yeah. All right. Gonna go Louie, Jason Day, Sergio. My fate is gonna be Billy Horschel at 7,200. I like that fade. Yeah. I don't care about the match play. Okay. I don't care about that win. He didn't even do anything. Like if you watch the even the championship match, it wasn't like they were just dropping birdies on top of each other. I mean, they were just they managing one birdie the golf it was a chip course. in. Yeah. Yeah. Just managing the golf course. Doing whatever. Billy Horschel has never played all that great here. He sucks here. I, I'm just his approach game is still not that good. Um, I'm not. Would, I'm not in on Billy Horschel at 72. Here's a hot take. You talk about some injured guys. I would actually rather in a big tournament. I'd rather play Rose over Horschel. Just scary. Um, I, I kind of would too. I actually don't mind. I Rose. thought you were going to say Rose because you love you love Rose. Um, 
All right, let's hit the 6K range. There, there's so many good names down here. This is, I mean, I actually think that 70, we talked about this, this the 7400 to $7,000 range is going to be a pretty dead zone. I, I do think that. That's one reason why I wanted to give you a couple names in there. I think you can get some leverage. I think a lot of people are going to end up having so many of these guys in the 6K because there's a lot of solid plays down here, starting with Corey Connors, um, Kokrak, Leishman, those guys. Kucher's been turning it on. Woodland just had a really great Valero. That's an interesting one. Make you kind of raise an eyebrow there. Sebastian Munoz, who played great in November. There's a lot of names in here that are very interesting in the 6K. Connors is definitely going to be the chalkiest play here and one of the chalkiest plays in the tournament. But his putting is coming around. It's very interesting to me on Corey Connors. If he's like 15%, I'll play him. If he's 20, 25, I'll probably not at that price. But I'll eat some level of chalk on Corey Connors here. He's, he's, played, he's improved both times he's played here, or, or every time he's played here. I think he's played here two or three times. But uh, I love Connors here. I like Leishman here. We saw him come to Augusta in November in awful form, way worse than he is now, and still managed to play very well. He loves this golf course. I like Leish. Um, a few, a couple of sneaky names, I guess. I, I kind of believe in Dylan Fratelli here. South Africans mm. tend to play well. He's one of the longest hitters on the PGA Tour. He's added a ton of distance. His length is sneaky. I mean, he's sneaky long. Well, he wasn't, though. He added it in the last, like, right on the tails I mean, of Bryson. Yeah, as far he as added like how it. long he is. Yeah, is he's sneaky. like top five longest guy on tour. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he loves, his, he loves the Masters. So Fratelli's interesting to me. I love Siwoo. Shocker, shocker, but Siwoo has, has played decent here. Siwoo shaking that ass. Siwoo shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. <laughs> yep, I love it. I, don't, I know everybody's like, oh, yeah, big shocker. DB took Siwoo, but Siwoo's going to care. Siwoo's playing well. Just did okay at the Valero. Uh, has played Augusta pretty well. Uh, he just needs, he's just going to pop one of these years, I'm telling you. So I'll go Siwoo. And there's some other names down there below, but I might save those for the Nut Hut and maybe an article or two. So there you go. Well, I agree with you on Connors. I like him, and I think he's going to be chalky as hell. But look, if you if you think about if you set a model with all the 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 stats that you love this week, which should include approach, should include strokes gained off the tee, par five scoring, scrambling, you know, ball striking, those type stats, Corey Connors is going to end up yeah. number one on your. He, he's he number will, two he, in mine right well, now. He'll be at least one or two. Yeah. If he's not in the top five, you did something wrong. Which is okay. hard to turn down when you get the relief at 6,900 that you get, which is why I'm willing to take a little, like yeah. a little ownership. The only on. place that he will not show up is putting. Yeah. One bent or in Either. general. Yeah. But uh, whatever. I'm okay with that. I still think he's going to be chalky, but I do like him. And he's going to be hard to, hard to avoid. But right beneath him, if you want to pivot off of him, I like Jason Kokrak at 6,900. Now, it's hard to believe that a guy that's been on tour as long as he has is just coming off of his first ever Masters appearance in yeah. the fall, in November, which was a different type of Masters and all that kind of stuff. Probably set better think for him, but yeah. He, he, does miss the, he did miss the cut. I'm okay with that. I don't care. I think he learned a lot probably in that last uh, that last Masters. I like him a lot this week. I mean, you look at ball striking off the tee. 
I mean, everything for Jason Kokrak, even putting on bent, he's pretty he's pretty good at. So I think Jason Kokrak makes a lot of sense in GPPs this week at 6,900. So if you're looking for a, you know, a guy that you might pivot off of Connor Connors from or Leishman from, and you need a guy, I think Jason Kokrak at 6,900 is a good fit there. And also Danny Willett at 6,600. I like him this week as well. Look, we saw him finish top 10 a couple weeks ago at Corrales. He's obviously won here before. He's been in better form the last few years. I think he makes, you know, it's you're throw a flyer on him, 6,600, put him in a GPP lineup uh, with the good form and everything else, the history here. I like him. So there you go. Love it. Love it. Don't forget to comment your biggest name to miss the cut. The first three right, we're going to send a 2020 flag to. And then if you subscribe to the channel, uh, we're going to pick a random person to send a t-shirt and a flag to and support the show. Give us a five-star review. Retweet if you see us on the Twitter street, sharing this. If you see us on Facebook, sharing it. Share it with us. If you see us on Instagram, holler, you know, like help spread the word. Masters is the biggest week of the year for us. It's the biggest show of the year for us. And it's a great opportunity to get new listeners and keep them here. So uh, if, you, if you enjoy it, if you appreciate what we do, that's how you can help us is by spreading the word. Uh, and telling folks about it, and and we'd really we'd really appreciate it. Loved having Chris Vernon on. We we'll have to have him on again. Can't wait to see if he actually is able to work in tour junkies in a song. That would that would be awesome uh, this week. So you want to pay attention to his Twitter account for now. Me and Pat have to go do the betting show, and uh, yeah. And if you're already listening to this on Monday or or later, then you can go listen to the betting show now. So there you go. Thanks for watching. May your screens be green. It's Masters Week, baby. Tons of free content on tourjunkies.com. The chalk bomb. The nut hut. All the above. Let's get it. See ya.